Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio show. From Monday the 17th of August 2020, we acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of current affairs. My name's Chris. On today's show, I am going to be speaking to Luke Pollan. And this was about a... uh, well, a lot more than just about a uh, seminar that was on last week uh, put on by Bicycle Network. That was Learning from London, how active travel can drive lockdown recovery. Luke helped put that together. He uh, lives locally and works remotely, so that's how he can work for Sustrans. And uh, the speakers they had there were for people from Transport for London, London Cycling Campaign, Urban Movement, uh, tactical Urbanistas and uh, the RACV and uh, the event details were the COVID-19 or COVID-19 pandemic continues to show all that with will, persistence and resources positive change that supports people to walk and cycle can happen really fast and it's interesting to note that the City of Melbourne are doing similar uh, things like a, a faster implementation of 40 kilometres of cycling facilities or, or I should say lanes in the next year or so. Now with that, the City of Melbourne are the only uh, state government or I should say uh, LGA or local government that I know of, and if someone wants to correct this, who've been given the go-ahead from Department of Transport. Every other council I don't think has been um, contacted and or is working along the same lines. If you're in the city of Yarra, we know from what we've been looking at, we've been left to swing in the breeze of pretty much what you can do without uh, Department of Transport um, kind of uh, coming in and saying yes or no, and what we can do with pop-up bike lanes, parklets, and uh, things like um, Park Street, where we're getting uh, parallel to where the linear trail is up there in North Fitzroy, Carlton, getting people to ride on Park Street in a bike lane instead of the congested uh, shared path on the other side. There's a problem with a lot of these shared paths. They're not built fit for purpose. It's built to off-road specifications, which I believe are uh, deficient and sometimes not fit for purpose. And if you go to your say Yarra, that's all one word, dot com dot au, and you can look up a matter of these things, including the making space, uh, the Trinary Crescent one, which is closed, and it's turned in, that has turned into flaming pitchforks at uh, 20 feet there. I'll say to that that when the first time I saw this was in an email that came from council saying this is an update and there's been some very interesting if yet obtuse observations apparently this came out of the bicycle advisory committee and uh, for someone who's been a member of that for longer than some people have been alive um that was absolutely stunning I don't know where they pulled that one from but uh, um, people are tending to prescribe meaning or power to an advisory committee that uh, power that never ever existed. 
Uh, if anyone out there who thinks that the uh, Basket Advisory Committee in uh, Yarra is somehow an offshoot of the almighty, powerful and omnipresent Bioscore lobby, contact me. I'll set you right. Basically, we have as much power as, well, none. Absolutely none. Okay, so back on to positive and good things. Uh, there's the Bunford Park Street, which I've described, which is also under the making space. And the Elizabeth Street, which one, which is in for about a year. It's a trial. I can see on the feedback here that uh, there's all these uh, things that are good and things that are bad. And that's the thing about a trial. It's a trial. This is where you give your feedback. I think there's some stuff going on here where I don't think people quite understand what a trial is. And there's a lot of talking across purposes. And it's a thing, again, as I just said, it's where you get your feedback in. It shouldn't be a grab bag for every other thing that you think's wrong with a council. Okay, if we didn't have councils, well, hmm, that's a very good question. I'm glad you asked. Anyway, so on to the rest of the show. After the break, I'm going to be speaking to Luke Paulin about how, uh, what the UK has done about cycling and walking during these very strange times. Hi, my name's Kath. 3CR has been in my life for decades. Each week I listen to my favourite programs. However, it's in a time of crisis that I really appreciate how important 3CR is. Often, this is when thousands of people are on the streets pushing for change. In this time of COVID, no one is on the streets. 3CR is more important than ever, keeping all our communities connected and informed. 3CR is a remedy for social isolation in this time of physical distancing. Good on you, 3CR. I'm Luke Poland. I'm a transport advocate focusing on active transport. I work at the moment at Sustrans in London in the UK. It must have been a bit of a journey from, what, you originally from Melbourne or? Been in Melbourne for 10 years decided to uh, have a bit of a time in the UK working on UK transport issues. They've got quite a rich history um, and uh, have made a lot of progress over the last couple of decades. So went over there and then COVID uh, actually brought me back in, still working remotely with Sustrans. Now, on uh, Wednesday just gone, Bicycle Network and Vic Health put together uh, a seminar, online seminar, which was uh, free, and it was learning from London how active travel can drive lockdown recovery. Now, you had a bit to do with this, Luke. Yes, well, I well Melbourne being my um, what I feel in my heart is my home at the moment, at least. Having heard about the the Melbourne second round of lockdown, I. Kind of, I stopped and paused and thought, actually, this is incredibly similar to what happened in London four months earlier. So with London, they when they had the lockdown back in the end of March and April, there was similar uh, rules around one hour of exercise per day, staying within a certain distance of your home, quite a strict lockdown, which Australia never endured in the first round. And when I saw this happen in Melbourne, I thought, oh, this is what happened in London. And in the four months since then, London has just made absolute leaps and bounds in the active travel space, just absolutely recognising the importance of active travel to get the community through 
this kind of lockdown and this kind of pandemic. Yeah, so what sort of things have they done there to make to ensure people can move around safely during a public health emergency? Well, yeah, so in London, the, the key issue for London is that so many people already are using public transport and that obviously comes with complications when you're trying to social distance. So they've seen a, an absolute need and, and also an opportunity to provide more space for people who want to travel by foot or walking or cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've absolutely accelerated a number of programs as well as added uh, a number of others, mainly around school streets, uh, mainly around low traffic neighborhoods, mainly around uh, cyc- strategic cycling routes, as well as some other strategic transport corrid- corridors like bus priority. Um, and the other thing they've done is they've done a lot of footpath, um, they call it pavement widening, but we'd call it footpath widening works around busy hubs. So places where lots of people might be waiting for a number of different bus routes, they would take uh, take a lane and actually expand the pavement in that area. So people walking along the pavement can do so without having to walk through a crowd of uh, bus pas- passengers. That's a very good point, because we've had things here in Melbourne with uh yeah, outside uh, businesses are trying to remain open and do the physical distancing correctly, like you know, having parklets and taking out, you know, just temporarily t- doing things like um, a couple of car parking spaces so people can queue or stand yeah. safely. And we've had a few moves towards making emergency uh, provision for cycling. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been quite interesting. It's mainly coming from the local council initiatives. Other things have to go to the Department of Transport for, you know, their interesting take on what has merit. But we've had nothing coming out of our state government. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. The, that's, the, that's the big thing that I've seen in London is it's as a lot of the boroughs have worked really, really hard to get things happen, but ultimately transport for london and even the the federal department of transport um the uk dft is really leading the charge in terms of investing significant amounts of money i think it was back in april a two billion pound investment was made or two two billion pounds was announced for active travel across the uk so that huge amount of investment has come through the Department of Transport and then through TfL mm-hmm. to support boroughs in making these changes. The relationship between TfL and boroughs being very, very similar to the relationship between state or Department of Transport and local councils in Melbourne in terms of where well, they sit. Where they sit, but not probably the same productive working relationship, I say quite neutrally. of the Earth Food Co-op is open. Get fresh produce and support local farmers and keep our grassroots community thriving through these unusual times. Organic veggie boxes and click and collect now available. Visit www.foefood.org slash click collect to place your orders. Or pop in store at 312 Smith Street and see how we're adapting with our new physical distancing layout.
Shop organic and buy local. Made easy at Friends of the Earth. A proud 3CR supporter. And the same thing with Vic Rhodes uh, here, um, because we've had a, a restructure in the last little while, or relatively recently, with I think Department of Transport sitting above Vic Rhodes. They're now a part within that, but we're not seeing any streamlining of processes and or things they should be doing, especially in Melbourne, where you know we've got a big uh, public transport component, people are riding more. Uh, we're not seeing any movement out of that. Now, where I'd like to head to with this is what have you seen from a Sustrans perspective of how the UK advocacy stuff works and here we can't seem to get much traction? It, it, it is a little bit difficult to, to understand, but my, my perspective on it in terms of the role advocates play in the UK is that they seem to... It seems to be that they have a, a lot greater impact um, or at least over many years they have they have had a lot greater impact and have managed to kind of create this uh, approach within the Department for Transport and TFL where active travel does matter and you know it matters to the, the essentially the road agency it matters to the, the federal government and it matters to local boroughs my take on that is actually that they have such a rich tapestry of advocates who all actually see themselves as collaborating together on one vision. Mm. So there's a lot of really high level, uh, you know, research that's done, that's co-funded by, for example, Mums for Lungs and London Cycling Campaign and Sustrans and the Walking and Cycling Alliance. They'll, they'll pull together their resources and produce these high level strategic, you know, advocacy documents and, and run high level campaigns. And then they also have these really localized groups that have a focus on what's happening in their local neighborhood and between them all they seem to actually have a lot a uh, lot more power and a lot more ability to to push for for better change in their in the community and across the country as a whole because mm, the point i'd like to say here is that bicycle user groups are st- still quite strong around victoria and in melbourne and you know for yarrabug we all go by pretty much council boundaries but it may be of interest to the listeners that you'd be surprised to know that bicycle user groups have no peak organization and i could say a bit more about the history of that but it might bore people but we don't really link into anything because some of our peak organizations have decided that they don't have affiliates or they don't have member organizations or the working relationship may not be what you know, may not be that proactive. So there's a lot of work here to be done, but I think it's some, there is a phenomenal potential. And I know a lot of people have tried over the years, but I think it's actually getting easier for people to network. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the, the strength of the London Cycling Campaign is that they, they are able to advocate at a high level, but then also have, um, you know, groups that function in a really similar way to the the bugs in victoria do mm. um having you know local knowledge about local issues and the local network it's yeah it's, it's a really good observation that you know there yeah we're, what we can do you're listening to 3cr community radio 855 am 
Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. some of the, the for want a better expression, the learnings and some of the speakers you had at the seminar on uh, Wednesday evening. We had five fantastic speakers. Well, actually actually six uh, speakers and then um, our hosts at Bicycle Network and Vic Health, who kindly agreed to do the, um, I guess, coordinating the, the webinar from a kind of technical and platform platform perspective and, and kind of bringing everyone together um, in into that that room so to speak with a webinar um but the, the five speak guest speakers we had um the first was mel kizato uh, she's a lead sponsor at tfl so she talked us through a lot of the investment that tfl has done over you know over the past four months um particularly kind of mentioning the 176 low traffic i think it is low traffic neighborhoods that they uh, putting in across London, the 400 school streets that are planned across London. So just huge numbers of, of projects that they've invested in. We also had Brian Deegan. So he was one of the co-authors of the London Cycling Design Standards. So he was able to speak to us, really um, give us some interesting insights on the design challenges that have come out of the rapid rollout of this light touch pilot type uh, infrastructure that London has adopted. We had Fran, Fran Graham from the London Cycling Campaign, uh, who talked us through a lot of interesting insights about how the role campaigners have had in this process and the, the fact that actually London was already dealing with multiple crises before COVID hit. So COVID was a crisis, but they were also dealing with a, a congestion crisis, also dealing with the, the climate crisis um, amongst others. Yeah, we seem we to had... be sleepwalking a lot at the moment, especially from an Australian perspective. We've just had a horrific summer with bushfires, which yeah. unfortunately, yeah, kind of is, um, start having, you know, that existential horror when you read stuff like that. But, you know, sorry, I'm jutting in. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's it's absolutely. And, and the you know, the crisis, the, sorry, the climate crisis is even, even more visible in australia you know the, the heat waves that we have in australia the the storms the floods and the the fires obviously mm. um and the the catastrophic air quality issues that that came with all of those things we we have to act now with um with with managing how that's how that's going to unfold over the next couple of decades and if we don't act now it's it's going to be a pretty detrimental well, detrimental impact so. you, you know within within six months melbournians were wearing two different types of masks one you know the first time it was to be, uh, protect us from particulates and the second time was to uh, protect us from viruses and if that isn't uh, symptomatic of something is going wrong with our environment uh yeah we're, absolutely yeah couldn't couldn't agree more the fact that you need a, a mask to cover your face means something Something's wrong around us, um, and twice, twice in one year is fairly shocking. We also had Tactical Urbanistas um, join us, which I thought was fantastic. So that's a, 
female collective of creatives who were really, I guess, seeing, getting quite frustrated by the fact that we have so much space in our cities and in London in particular, and it's the same in Melbourne. We have so much space allocated to cars, yet actually most people in many areas are making most of their trips by foot, walking, cycling, and they saw an opportunity to, to really put some exciting, interesting, creative little changes in urban spaces that would, would help people, firstly help them social distance, but also, you know, help, I guess, drive that change. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that is a real opportunity uh, in in Melbourne and, and Australia in general is actually community community members taking it upon themselves to to get out there and brighten things up, whether it's, you know, yarn bombing a, a oh, post, yeah, yeah, something, yeah. something simple like that. You know, we have plenty of creative things happening in, in Melbourne, but getting a little bit braver with what you're doing, you know, whether it, maybe more, it's... Yeah, sorry, but there was a lot more stuff happening in the 90s than there is now in terms of that urbanism. But the uh, urban, uh, tactical urbanistas, what they do things like stenciling and prettifying things yeah. and bus stops... Yeah, so some of some of the things that they did were, um, I guess, putting a, a bit of space out around, you know, where there's a, a supermarket where people are queuing up uh, to enter a supermarket. They would put in some little t- uh, recycled car tyre planters with flowers in them and paint the road and invite people to spread out a little bit more rather than cramming onto the, the narrow pavement. And then the other thing that I thought was really interesting was the way they brought colour into uh, some of the more, some of the kind of official London street space uh, mm. delivered by TfL. The the footpath widenings that TfL had delivered, they actually went to them, took some, some paints, took some flowers, took some little signs, because what was happening is these, these spaces were reclaimed from car parking or these spaces were reclaimed from traffic lanes. And because it still looks like the road, because it's still you know, black asphalt, people still were hesitant to, to step onto that space, even though it had been um, demarcated, you know, okay, with yeah. bar- temporary barriers or cones. And by putting some paint down on the ground, they're actually inviting people to, to you know, to occupy that space, to walk along it, to enjoy it and to make the most of it, uh, which which I think really helps build the case for, you know, whoever is responsible in the end for, for making it more permanent or making something that works for people in the long run. Well, here's a challenge for people locked down in Melbourne. And at currently, at point at this time of recording, you haven't allocated one hour. You're allowed to go out and um, exercise or be outside your home uh, with some conditions. Get some stencils together. Do something bright and colourful. Absolutely, you I've know, seen. Get in, to it. In, I've seen in Northcote. There's a group of people who have taken their one hour and they've started cleaning up the garbage along Mary Creek, and that's you know yeah. that's a fantastic initiative. Why not take a, a piece of chalk when you go out for a ride? Take a piece of chalk, draw a love heart on a bike lane. Definitely. Draw, draw a little message. Write a little message on a bike lane that says, you know more of these please or we love this space yeah uh, that's that's just really shows other people who are out and about actually you know that is something that i value as well i love that as well get mm. out there just do it you know bit of chalk it's not illegal it's fun it's harmless um and it you know it shares it shares a message and shares a bit of appreciation about these spaces
The Queen Victoria Women's Centre is calling all craftivists to join us and make a fuss. Make a Fuss is a crowdsourced, craftivist project looking for submissions on the theme of women's silence. If you've experienced a time when you didn't want to make a fuss, why not get crafting and make some noise? For more information, go to qvwc.org.au and click on Make a Fuss. Submissions close August 19th. Queen Victoria Women's Centre is a 3CR supporter. I think I've, I've discussed this since about April about people being more um, immediately aware of where they live. You know, it's getting into sometimes it's like you know dormitory sort of stuff. You get up, get in your car, go somewhere else, come back, and you can live in a suburb for a quite lengthy period of time without knowing that you know down the street only you know five houses away is this magnificent magnolia that's about to come out into bloom. Or Absolutely. there's things around that you never realised, or just getting to know your streetscapes and how enjoyable it is. You know, it's what we're going through at the moment is awful, and I'm not trying to do some type of toxic, you know, be positive no matter what. I'm just trying to find, you know, people are finding ways to enjoy what they can at this point, so we all stay safe. Well, that's that's the thing, and it's and it's really important to remember as well that through you know through this this time there there are a lot of people who are impacted you know yeah have, have been re- impacted really seriously by the the covid crisis in terms of you know their their work and their livelihood and having those social that, that increase in social connection around actually has helped i think build us helped us build resilience yeah. through this time for a lot of people i know people who've lost their jobs who because they're spending more time in their local communities, because they're spending more time with their housemates even, um, just have that extra resilience that they might not normally have if it was, you know, regular times and everyone else was carrying on. Quick pitch for the seminar. Um, It was a really good event. Um, It was, I think, 90 minutes. We had 60 minutes of those five speakers giving quick 10-minute presentations and then a fantastic 30-minute Q&A at the end uh, facilitated by Bicycle Network. So if you go to Bicycle Network website or you go to YouTube, you can actually view a recording of the the webinar. I think it'll be a really useful tool for advocates uh, like Bicycle User Group members, uh, like anyone who's into walkable streets and spaces, I think it'll be a really useful tool for these kind of people to send to send on to counsellors who are interested in learning more, send on to uh, their their council officers who are not quite, sh- you know, not quite sure about what uh, temporary or adaptable pop-up spaces could look like and actually just show them, this is what's been happening in London. This is how it has, you know, such wide support across the board. So that the, YouTube listing is, it's it's on Bicycle Network's YouTube channel. It's called Bicycle Network Webinar, Learnings from London, How Active Travel Can Drive Lockdown Recovery. So if you jump onto uh, Google or YouTube and search that, you'll be able to find it. Well, it's been great talking to you today, Luke. We need a bit of cheering up. And uh, yeah, there's so many points in this interview. I could go, oh, I could go do something here, or I could go do that bit, or... 
I can learn something. Yeah, so these you know, these are things you can take away and and it, I think it enrich it really, our lockdown really, life. <laughs> yeah, it really shows as well that it doesn't matter what kind of I guess level in the in the picture you're you're working at, whether you're you know a DOT staffer, whether you're working in state government somewhere else, or even for a politi- as a politician's advisor, whether you're a uh, local campaigner campaigning for a, a zebra crossing on your street. I think there's there's so much that you can do, and there's so much, many positive stories coming out across the world that that Melbourne has the opportunity to learn from and really, you know, taken in its stride with the horrible things that are happening at the moment and, and make some make some good out of things. These are weird days. Many of my days are weird days, actually, but these are weirder than most. It can be a bit of a seismic shock to wake to the news of daily tolls here and in other countries, to spend week after week separated from friends and family, hour on hour, of many of us just within our own homes. But through all of this, we are also seeing so much to inspire hope. People are creating incredible networks of mutual aid, Gardens are thriving from all that lockdown attention. We are finding new ways to slow, connect and reflect. Artists are creating, kids are learning differently and activists are imagining and collaborating on new futures beyond this time. And 3CR is continuing to broadcast throughout this coronavirus remotely. Who knows how long this will have us all locked down, but don't let it get you down. Tune in and love up your community. Stay connected. Work for what has to be a better future ahead. Thanks, CR, for staying steady on the waves. This week's Yarra Bicycle User Group radio program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast or go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio. If you want to find additional details of what we discussed today, these podcasts are produced at Melbourne activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au, click on the support tab and select either donate, subscribe, shop or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.